Hello and welcome to episode 856 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, October 2nd. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a little bit of time since we've spoken. Uh, you had to evacuate, but uh, you're back, so everything turned out all right as far as that that went? Yeah, everything's okay. Uh, you know, just had to leave late Sunday night and got back. Uh, I got back on Tuesday, family got back on Wednesday, so it's just been a little crazy here again with the fires, uh, but, you know, missed our house once again, so, you know, can't, uh, you know, can't uh, complain too much, but, yeah, real smoky here, so I apologize if uh, I start a cough or something like that, because it is uh, hazardous out. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine, man, we'll stay safe. Hope everything's all right. I know it's it's just been so touch and go lately, but um, hopefully everything uh, continues to to fall in y'all's favor. I know it's just been a, a, a nightmare out there in California right now, and I hope everyone in the California area and, and on the West Coast in general is staying safe from the fires. Listen to evacuation orders and everything. You know, I, I know houses are important and everything, but your life is more important than any sort of, uh, uh, you know, belongings or anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but let's talk some baseball. By the way, I just want to point out that with the season over, it may seem like we're going to have this big schedule change. This was only because of our schedules on this given week where you had to evacuate mm-hmm. and I had to make a, a day trip. I drove 13 hours on, on Wednesday to and from my mom's to help her close on her house. So we ha- we just had a little bit of scheduling, but we're going to keep doing the pod. Yeah. There will be, you know, holidays that come up. Maybe a, a schedule change here and there, but it's not going anywhere. You can count on it two, three times a week throughout the offseason. So we'll talk a little playoffs, and uh, then we're going to get into my new SP ranks that came out for 2021. I ranked 163 guys. Lots to look at. Um, you know, there are giant, giant globs. I didn't I didn't tear them up yet, but just looking at them, there were – they were such massive globs, but uh, we'll get into more of the tiering down the line. Let's talk a little AL playoffs first, because they are indeed set. We now know uh, who the matchups will be, so they're preparing for everything to go off in uh, in California, I believe. It'll be Astros against the Athletics in Los Angeles, Dodger Stadium, and then the Yankees uh, versus the Rays in Petco. Um, How did you feel that the AL wild cards turned out there? I think the Biggest surprise for some was probably Houston just handily decimating the Twins in, in, in a pair of games, given that they came in under 500. They've been kind of off the radar, and a lot of folks like the Twins. Um, so what did, what did you think about that series? Let's start there. I mean, I think the most shocking thing, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily shocking just from an overall standpoint, is that if the Cardinals lose tonight – uh, all six central teams will have been eliminated. Oh, wow. That's kind of wild. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, and I know we talked about, like, all season, coming into the season, when we knew what the schedule was going to look like, uh, that the centrals were easily the weakest uh, divisions uh, in in baseball for this season. Uh, so you want to target pitching. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that played out. Look but, at those pitchers. Man, I thought some of these teams at the top – of these divisions, you know, or some of these teams in these divisions were actually like legit World Series contenders. And dude, I had two central teams, but my both my World Series teams are out yeah. from my picks. Like Cleveland, Cincinnati, LOL, bye, mm-hmm. idiot, gone. Like just like that. And you know, do do you think some of it was just playing some better teams and all of a sudden boom, they're gone? I think some of it was. I think some of it also uh was just you know kind of bad luck at you know the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at Minnesota losing Josh Donaldson again. Yep. Um, yeah. These are three game sets too, so it's yeah. not even like you know. I I, I said like handily dominated uh, the Twins or whatever with the it's two games. It's two games. Yeah, two exactly. Games. I mean, they they were in charge of both of those games. It never really seemed particularly close, but it's it's a it's a two game. You know, I, I don't even like calling them sweeps mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, so yeah, you know, I really that hope that they don't do this wild card round next God, no. year. But it God no. feels like there's some talk that that may happen. 
Well, here's what here's what you have to do to figure out what baseball is going to do. Think of the dumbest thing, mm-hmm. and then that's what they're going to do. Um, because you know, I even though and it's going to probably blow my argument out of the water instantly because I don't want sub 500 teams in and the Astros are probably going to win the world series and be like, see, this is why you can give them a chance because maybe they deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was only fine with it for this year. Cause it's two months. The dust had not settled. We don't really know who the best teams were, but for buck 62, I think it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they're going to be facing the A. So we have two divisional matchups with the, with the two West teams and the two East teams. The A's had all they could handle from the white Sox. Things kind of melted down on the white Sox. Uh, you know, beyond their control with some pitcher injuries, including Garrett Crochet, who we don't know yet, but man, those are some heavy TJ indicators, which was a huge bummer. Uh, but Oakland finally, you know, they win a series and uh, they're going to advance against the Astros. Do you have them as the favorites? Obviously the, the books do with the, with their record and everything, but are you setting them up as the faves against Houston? I don't think I am. I mean, and I, I hope, they win. <laughs> I, I tweeted out uh, that uh, I was really looking forward to the the Rays uh, A's ALCS. Uh, the, Still get it. I, and I think that would be a really fun series with two teams yep. that you know obviously haven't been in a World Series in a long time, and so seeing them matched up in the ALCS would be a lot of fun. But I mean, Houston feels like that team that is just hitting their stride at just the perfect time. Exactly, and you know, I, and I put losing him a Matt bit. Chapman. Oh, it's just such a I know bummer. that's that's been so tough. Although the Jake Lamassance continues, <laughs> and I'm loving it. I'm so here for it, dude. And they got Pinder to come in. So if if he faces a lefty, you know, if someone brings in a lefty on Lamb, they just go to Pinder, uh, who crushes lefties. So I I kind of like it. I you know the defense is one thing. Um, I know Pinder's pretty solid defensively. Lamb's like mediocre so they're not they're not replacing chapman's defense but they can kind of replicate his hitting with that with that duo there but you talk about houston hitting their stride and the thing that i really really like about what they're able to do is you know i thought it was going to be arcadi and javier but it turns out it's it's valdez and javier that are going to get into the bullpen and really really strengthen their bullpen which was definitely a weakness coming in and as much as fromber probably deserves to be starting based on how well he pitched uh, it makes sense to put him in there because they don't have a true lefty that they can go to. And I believe in Arkady completely. So the fact that they're going to go Grinky, McCullers, Arkady, uh, you know, as their as their three starters. And maybe they switch. I don't know. You know, maybe Oakland causes them to switch up because Oakland has some lefties, although they have answers for all those guys, too. So maybe they just stick with what they've got. But, yeah, they've got the team. I would be zero percent surprised if this team goes to the world, this Houston team goes to the World Series, and uh, I think it's going to be a great series against Oakland. Don't forget though, it's only five again, so it's another short series, and I think that helps Houston as well because their their lack of depth in the bullpen will not be, uh, you know, have a chance to get quite as exposed. So, you know, I'm I'm going, I'm actually going for the A's. I, I like the A's. I like rooting for them, particularly when uh, the Tigers are nowhere to be found in the playoffs. But I'd be nervous if I were an A's fan because of this uh, this Houston ball club. Yeah, I I would be nervous as well. I mean, I'm 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 really kind of rooting for them. They're I think them and the Rays are the two teams that I'm just kind of really rooting. You know, get to the World Series and uh, ends up winning it. The Rays being my kind of preseason pick to mm-hmm. win the World Series this year. Uh, and you know, I just think. A's fans, man, they've just they've had such kind of sh- shit end of the stick for so They're, long. It's they really have, like... and you know, Bean's done so well mm-hmm. to constantly maneuver with that budget and put together talent. And then you know that one exasperated year when he came up with the phrase, "Well, my shit just doesn't work in the playoffs," and it's like it, maybe it doesn't because it's been so constant that they get ousted. But we'll see. We'll see what happens here. He's got a good squad. Uh, I loved that they were able to bring Frankie Montas out of the bullpen yesterday. You know, didn't really want to start him because he he had he couldn't go a full outing probably on on short rest. I mean, maybe he could have. Like he's kind of that guy who I feel like w- would say, "No, I can I can go." But I like bringing him out in the middle of the game there, and uh, that was a hell of a game, by the way. Outside of the the sadness of Garrett Crochet's injury, I really did enjoy that game. Let's talk about the East. Yankees Rays, you know, you got the uh, you got the stalwart in the Yankees and the and the upstart in the in the Rays, you know. 
The Rays are, are a lot like the A's. They they build excellence on shoestring budget. Uh, they put things together very nicely. They have an amazing collection of talent. But they're not some spunky little team here. They're fantastic. In fact, they won the division handily. It wasn't even close. Seven-game spread. So do you, do you favor them here between this? Uh, I know you're going for them, but do you favor them on paper to beat the Yankees? Oh, um, I guess not. I mean, the Yankees, again, a team that seemed to be finally getting guys healthy and hitting their stride, uh, kind of coming in at the perfect time for them. Uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with the Rays, uh, you just look up and down their lineup and you go, well, I mean, is it really any good? I can't tell. Like, <laughs> But we know it is because the way, the way they do it, you know, the no-name aspect of it is is kind of a Rays signature. And they've got... They've it's got very much an A's type team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's why it's not surprising that you like both of the clubs. The way they kind of go about their business is very similar and just like I said with the A's, when you look at uh, their platoons, they've got answers for the guys who are mm-hmm. deficient against one side of the plate. And, uh, you know, it's not the star-studded power of the Yankees on the hitting side, but it is on the pitching end. In fact, you know, I favor uh, I favor the Rays pitching, particularly with the, with the, with the, the entire situation, mm-hmm. the starting and the bullpen. Not to say that the Yankees are bad. This is not a, a knock on them. It's more a praising of the Rays and what they've been able to do with their pitching, putting it together with Snell, Glass, now Morton, and then that, that depth of bullpen, Nick Anderson, Castillo, Drake, um, Fairbanks, Curtis, and you know some of these guys you might not know their names. Go check their numbers. Aaron Slagers was insane. Ryan Yarbrough as a lefty. Shane McClanahan coming up kind of surprisingly and being on the playoff roster. So I am really eager to see what uh, what this series is going to be like. It's I wish we were getting a seven-gamer on this one for mm-hmm. sure because these two teams are going to go to And don't forget, I believe it was the last time that they faced each other, we saw some bad blood with... Uh, with throwing at one another type yep. of deal. Yeah, and I think so, this is going to be the most fun series of the next round. Like, yeah. this is like, it's the team, it's like the David and Goliath, even though the Rays won their division and won it really handily, mm-hmm. it, is, it still has this feeling of, you know, evil empire versus, you know, this team that is just kind of put together by you know, glue and, you know, Elmer's glue and, you know, crap. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, totally, I, I totally get it. I, I really like it, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. I do think the Rays end up winning just because I they're just so good at mixing and matching. Uh, and that starting pitching is 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 really, really good where I'm just concerned. I mean, Cole's obviously amazing and I think he's yeah. going to shove you know, in two games, so I guess they only really need to win one more. Uh, but he hasn't he been perfect. Yeah. yeah, he can shove and still lose, especially yeah. if he's going up against Snell, who is very clearly on mm-hmm. his game right now. So, again, I think that's going to be an epic series. I'm really excited about it. Uh, meanwhile, the Dodgers and Braves are waiting for their opponents, so we'll talk a bit about that on Tuesday after the uh, after the other two series are settled. Uh, winner take all today, th- this evening, for Cardinals-Padres, and then the Cubs- uh, Marlins got set back a day mm-hmm. for some reason because the pictures I saw from Wrigley looked like just a beautiful day of weather. So I guess they were being preemptive. Uh, yeah, there was they they were expecting some rain, uh, some pretty bad rain to come through. Um, also, I think they may have wanted to try to get a weekend game in. That was the next thing I was going to say because yeah. they don't like. I don't understand how you set this up this way. Uh, because like no well, weekend dude. games. Like that's. Oh, you, and, and then and then and then you I've put the answer, dude. And then you oh. put a bunch of games during the day Afternoon, that people can't. Weekdays. I mean, the A's are playing at noon. How much this out? Oh. And every answer was, no, dude. It's smart because you don't want to go against football. And my brain melted out of my ears because, for one, stupid. Um, look, football is a behemoth. We know that. But the pool of available viewers on a Saturday, mm-hmm. any time of day, versus Wednesday freaking afternoon, yeah, is immeasurably different. Mm-hmm. So stop. And everyone who tweeted it to me thought that they were like 
splitting the atom. No, bro, I figured it out, dog. It's because they don't want to go against football. It's actually pretty smart if you think about it. No, I thought about it. It's remarkably stupid that they have zero playoff games on both weekend days, and they might get one based on this rainout if the Cubs win today, which obviously they've got Darvish. They've got a good chance to. But, uh, you know, listen, and I understand that they have to set up the bubble. I'm not even complaining about having to take the time to set up the bubble and get the testing. I'm saying schedule differently so that you still have weekend games, and then Monday and Tuesday can be bubble time. I think the the only reason it is somewhat smart is if someone were to test positive— they have all these days in between, you know, when that's that's fine. I'm just yeah. saying, but I mean, it, it's it's it awful. To, and the way know. they treat the A's in this is, I mean, oh, I know. playing noon games on, on the West coast when you're a West coast team, Disgusting. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I care. I don't, <laughs> you know, even on the Wednesday extravaganza, they didn't have enough night games either. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they doing? I get it. They didn't have, like, any night games on Tuesday because they didn't want to go up against that debate. Yeah, and geez, how'd that turn out? Um, (laughs) Look, I get that a lot of people are working from home, so more people were able to watch than a normal, Mm -hmm. you know, than than Wednesday afternoon of 2019. That doesn't make it smart, though. No. And for the love of God, if your answer is, well, the MLB has the data, and if they're making the decision, I trust them, holy crap, reassess your total existence. Because that's the weakest appeal to authority I've ever seen in my life. And you should never just blindly trust an entity that you think is making the right decision because, well, they have the data. They know what they're doing, especially when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough of that rant. Uh, I do want to talk one last thing here. Kershaw dominates yesterday. And, you know, for me, it's not quite enough to erase everything. But how far does it go if you're if you're talking about, you know, the the. Kershaw curse in in October, his ability inability to you know kind of have that that dream playoff. This was a brilliant effort. Eight shutout innings, thirteen strikeouts. Um, is it moving the needle for you on on everything, or is it there still needs to be something in like an LCS or a World Series? Well, where where do you stand with that after this outing? I mean, it doesn't move the needle at all for me, and I think it's going to be for the opposite reason people actually think, me being a Giants fan. In spite of what I tweet, I think it's a ridiculous narrative that he's, like, a bad postseason pitcher or that, like, you know, he can't win the big one. You don't think there's any validity to it at this point? (sighs) No. I used to push back on it. I did. Because when, when when it first got going, you could really break it down to, like, two bad starts in two bad innings, there was like that, that, you know, big, it was, it was a couple of like bad seventh innings, uh, one against St. Louis. And then, uh, I forget who the other was against. And then there was like a legitimately bad start against Philly, five runs in, in four and two thirds. Basically the bottom line was it, if you went through, uh, like 20 tw- through 2016, through everything he'd done in 2016, he had a 455 ERA, but he had like 106 strikeouts in 89 innings. So I thought it was a little flimsy. But then you get you get the blow up in Game Five against Houston in an otherwise good good playoff, uh, and then of course Boston got to him in the World Series of 2018, and Milwaukee had gotten to him pr- earlier in the LCS, and then last year of course against Washington in uh in the in the nlds as a reliever i don't know man it's like you, you can still look at the composite and there's 183 strikeouts and 166 in the third innings with a 422 era and 422 while not peak kershaw is hardly bad i yeah that. i mean it, it it's also a 339 xfip a three sierra yeah, exactly because like the skills it, are still there but yeah. I, I feel like there was validity to it as it started to pile up there was there was a moment every year I, like I said, I think it started off slow. I, like I, I was always pushing back against it. Like, come on, guys, you're making too much out of a couple bad innings, really. Uh, but then it started to gain some steam for me in 17, 18, 19. Each had their moments to where even Kershaw acknowledged it. That's when I was like, okay, I'm not going to push back against this as much. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's more of a matter of like, dude pitches a ton of innings all year. And yeah, then, you know, maybe he can break down a little bit. In in the postseason, uh, 
I mean, as much as I hate the Dodgers, and I, you know, it, it's fun to kind of troll them when he does do poorly in the playoffs. Uh, like I just, I still think he, you know, he he's I just mean, an all time, yeah, he's an all time great, and but, uh, and like I don't want to see the Dodgers win the World Series because I'm a Giants fan, but true. if they do, like. I'm going to be stoked for him, like, just because I think he's, you know, he should get this monkey off his back. It's not, uh, it's, it's not really that fair uh, of an error. Exactly. Because keep, keep in mind the standard that we're holding him to basically is perfection. Yeah, exactly. And that's the tough part because you, even, you know, even if you go look at all the bad games, it only amounts to like five and he's pitched in 33 mm-hmm. playoff games. And the stat yesterday when he got his 10th strikeout was like, that's his sixth, uh, 10 plus postseason strikeout game. And people on my Twitch chat were like, Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. I was like, yeah, cause he has a lot of excellent postseason performance. It's not like every time he goes out, he craps everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think you're trying to put out there is like, you know, even one of the bad outings, the, the one that was the bad seventh inning, Six and two thirds, ten strikeouts, zero walks, but eight runs because of the sixth run, seventh inning, and so you know that's the part where it's like, okay, he's a lot better than people give him credit for if they just stick to the narrative of he sucks. But I hope he has a dominant postseason where he barely gets touched and then uh, loses in spite of it. Well, they, you want them to lose. <laughs> I have I have no real feeling one way or the other on it. But uh, let's talk some SP ranks. Put them out. They're available now. There'll be a link in the description of this pod. 163 names. Lots to talk about. Let's start with some guys you think I'm too high on. Because basically you're going to be kind of mm-hmm. grading these here. Uh, who's your first name and why? Well, let's start with, I mean, Mike Clevenger. I mean, we can throw Mike Soroka in there too. Because I, I think both of them are too high. And it's largely injury issues. Uh, and I am very concerned about... A lot of pitchers coming into 2021, considering you know they're they're not have have had thrown a lot of innings, um, and anybody with injury issues, I'm likely gonna kind of back away from. And as much as be able to draft them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be very very difficult, uh, uh, and I, I definitely have to sit down and do my my SP ranks this weekend, um, but. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just scared on Clevenger, you know, ending the season the way he has, and maybe the Padres get far enough where we get to see him, but it really just doesn't feel like that is likely in the cards. Um, and, and, and just to point out, I have him 25th, mm-hmm. uh, Soroka 40th. Yeah. So I just yeah, don't yeah, know how I could take him over Carrasco, over Kyle Hendrick, uh, over uh, Corbin Burns. Um, take Clevenger. Yeah, I just can't take Clevenger over those guys. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: I actually had him lower, moved him up a little bit last second. Like oh, maybe I am being too hard on twenty. So I actually kind of agree with you here. And I think the biggest issue that you didn't even get to yet was the fact that the strikeout rate plummeted to twenty five. Twenty five is still solid, but we were at thirty four last year, and that's what was making him a top ten starter. And people were really gushing over him. And we're at the point now where I know you can't count this year from a quantity standpoint when I'm going to bring up this stat. But outside of that 200-inning season in 2018, it's sandwiched by a pair of uh, 120-somethings. And then this year, yeah, 42, whatever. But it's 42. It, it's only eight of of the potential, what, like 12 starts that guys could have. Um, and so even this year, yeah, you're not counting the the raw inning total in comparison to those other seasons, but he's still missed time again. And that's the thing. It's every year, it seems, that Clevenger's missing time. So And he's also not one, young. Like, he's no, 29 years old. Yeah, he's going to be 30. Yeah, and so it's like to think that, oh, well, he'll bounce back. He's a young guy. No, he's just kind of got to the majors, you know, a little bit older than, than most uh you know, most stud pitchers do. So, uh, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that likely I'm not going to end up with in drafts. Um, and, yeah, 25 just seems too high for me. Soroka, same thing. It's just injury. Uh, I, I mean, I love Soroka. An arm injury. I know, but we don't know how long it's going to take him to recover. It just, we, we have no idea. Is he going to oh, yeah. be ready to start the season? I, yeah, I don't so know. Like I, that's here's the thing. This rank assumes he will, and obviously, mm-hmm. 
as we get information if he's not. I mean, I put him at 40. I thought that that was a pretty fair drop to, you know, be ready for any potential, uh, uh, you know, missed time as far as as far as the Achilles goes. And again, we will assess as we get more info. Sure. And I will. I'm, I will. We're not holding down. you to this in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I will be down to draft him. Uh, I, I really, I really will be open to taking him if he is indeed uh, back, and I'm, I'm eager to see where he ends up going. Yeah, if he's place. pitching in spring and looks like Mike Soroka, then this is going to look like it might be too low. Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. So he's kind of a TBD. I'm, I'm going to hold firm on 40, but I would, I'm actually with you on Clev. You, you've sold me because, like I said, I had him. I should have, I should have stayed convicted. To what I had, I think I had him like thirty-one, and I moved mm-hmm. him up five, six spots. And then you have Cal Quantrill on here. I got him at a buck twenty. And uh, can you guess what I'm gonna say about why I, why I ranked him there? Because the Indians have Cardinals devil magic when it comes to pitching. Precisely. Yeah. So what's wrong with one twenty? Where is he in the rotation? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that but, and the, I mean that's that's the but big that's why issue. One twenty. Still too high. Like it just—he's not in the rotation, um, unless they uh, trade someone. I mean, they've been trading guys left and right. I think that they'll. At make some them point, win. you you got to stop trading guys for nothing, right? I mean, um, not if you're Cleveland, but also, and I love him, I love him, but my boy Savali did not finish strong. He Here's did the thing. not. I put uh, I put Quantrill in as basically the sixth man. Uh, and I think 120 for somebody who's a sixth starter, I think that's fair. So I, I, I'm going to be in to get some shares in my deeper leagues, kind of see where he's at, because even if he works out of the bullpen for a while, depending, on again, on the league type, you know, it's got to be 15-plus teams for a mixer or an AL only. I'll take some quality relief innings while I wait for him to get an opportunity, because over the course of a season, even as good as their starting pitching is, the sixth, seventh guy, they're going to get – a handful of starts, and I, I think he'll be. I think he'll pretty firmly be the sixth guy behind uh, Bieber, Carrasco, Plesac, Savale, McKenzie. Right, that's the five that we've got for them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, I think Quantrill's ahead of like Logan Allen as the the sixth guy. Adam Plutko, I, I think it is indeed Quantrill. So I don't know. I thought one twenty was fair for somebody who yeah. we don't know exactly where he's going to be as far as uh, as far as that goes. It's it's the guys you have behind him that you you do know are going to be in the rotation or or have a a, a good role, um, you know it's it's Carlos Martinez and <laughs> you're not giving Carlos Martinez a pass for what his career? Oh, his career! Come on, don't do that, dude. Do you not have enough headaches from this guy though? I've actually been a backer. It tagged the wrong Carlos Martinez on the post. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He goes, who's this? I, I didn't even, my bad on that. Um, <laughs> listen, I've actually been a backer, and the, the career thing was tongue-in-cheek because he's been yeah. pretty much yeah, always he's, good. He's always good, except for this but, year. The year he got COVID, the Cardinals were but, doing all this but, weird crap but, because of the double letters. They did crap last year, too, where he ended up, stu- you know, was it was the closer and he's in and out of the closers role but he was always relieving but he's still valuable headache, super valuable that you have to deal with though week to week of even starting him you don't even you can't even just like with with Carlos Martinez outside of maybe like the 17 season you can't even just look at him and say that his full season line is what you got because there's the ins and outs particularly the last couple years I don't know. I, I put him pretty low. I, I was That's just a bit way nervous. too low. Yeah, I mean, just just way too low. Um, I mean, yeah, I just have, you have fun with all that. If he's going like I, I didn't put him on the target where you know if they cost where you rank them, which we'll get to in a little bit. He also had um, no oblique injury, by the way. Like let's not let's not just say it was only yeah, COVID. But it's also like I mean. Uh, there's some of these guys I'm just gonna give some you know a pass to because by the of... way of course he had COVID of all the of all the players <laughs> in the league like no duh he got it no freaking duh so I I don't know I yeah I just I I think 120 is still too high for for Quantrill doesn't have you know a concrete role yet um, not yet but uh, I like him I stand by it. all right let's go too low Patrick Corbin 29 no way that's too low you're insane 
Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I I I must have misread it because I thought you had no. You have him forty nine. Wait, what? Or oh, you have a I think Corbin and it's Corbin Burns. I'm a moron. Yeah, you have him forty nine, dude. I oh yeah, said, no, yeah. I still stand. I still stand behind that. But uh, uh, twenty nine, I was. I would have been like, oh no, that's totally fine. Yeah, that might be uh, too high. Um, no, I. I uh, I know you're going to try to wave off this year. I, I don't think you can. There's um, there's a velo drop, and I have a little bit of concern uh, just in general. You know, he's going to be 31, by the way. He's fully out of the honeymoon of his TJ, you know, fully out of the, mm-hmm. the clear zone there. Uh, you don't have any concerns about him? I loved him. I mean, him. I have concerns. Yeah, I mean, he was a top 12 pitcher coming into the year. Um I mean, I just don't know that dropping him all the way to 49, I just think that, I mean, that it's pretty much saying you're not going to draft Patrick Corbin because there's no way he goes that low in drafts. Uh, and if he does, you know, I'm going to have you don't him. Know how the rec- you don't know what kind of recency bias we're going to see. I, I mean, that, that's your SP4. Like, I'm I'm totally in if that's the SP4 price on Patrick Corbin. He was pretty bad. I, I mean... Yeah, he was not even close to what he was, uh, you know, what he's been. I think he was a little bit better than maybe the the surface stats show. Yes, the the velocity drop is concerning, but we've also seen that. We saw it last year, like in season, and then he just pitched through it and he was fine, got it back. Um, I'm I'm not super. I, I'm not extremely worried on on Patrick Corbin. I, I think he'll. I think he'll I be. Even- which is so weird. Like I'm, like I've been like the anti-Patrick Corbin guy forever, and now for some reason I'm defending him. I wouldn't even call myself uh, massively worried. I think once you see the tiers, you'll see that his tier probably starts around 32, where Zach Granke is. He just happens to be at the lower end of it for me. You know, I am eager to see where he goes based on on recency bias. I just have a little trepidation. You know. I, I, I'm going to call you out a little bit, though. Y- you don't get on board with the Nelson Lamette for only having one pitch, yet you're going to go to the mat for... Uh, <laughs> That's part uh, of the reason why I was never a Corbin guy. It's like, at Ooh. some point, they're going to figure this out. Yeah, um, he also has one pitch, but only a 90-mile-an-hour fastball as opposed to a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. So. No, what, I mean... What gives there? Uh, I... I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't have a good defense for that one. I'm just, a, I'm just a little I mean, worried. At Thirty-one. The, know, the ninety mile an hour fastball is a little bit, you know, more palatable coming from the left hand side uh, for Corbin. Um, where, where do you want him? I'll, gi- I'll give you, I'll give you eight, eight, eight to ten spots of ranking. But where, where do you really want him? <sighs> I take injured Strasburg over him. I take his teammate. Yeah, I think you're taking Strasburg. Taking the colors. I think McCullers is the right area. Like I think that they're like okay, so late thirties. That's, that's twelve points. That's twelve spots there. Yeah. So. You know, like McCullers is a guy that I love the skills. I just, I mean, like he's one of those guys. Like, what kind of innings do we project for him next year? I know, I know, it's so hard. I just love the talent that I, I always happen to trust it. And one thing I will say, the market's usually pretty good on McCullers. He rarely gets. Super over. I think the market and, and the surface numbers aren't so great that people are going to go crazy on him either. Yeah, and I, I think people is like, okay, let's let's collectively not get too wild here. Mm-hmm. Even for those who believe in him, we're not going to lose our minds because yes, he's he has talent. But you look at it, and and we're three years running of four twenty five, three eighty six, three ninety three ERAs. So there's not even like some gaudy ERA that's that's luring folks in. And in fact, if you don't really watch McCullers. You're probably not that in on him, but when you watch him, you're like, "Holy smokes, I mm-hmm. love this guy!" So, you know, I can concede about eight to ten spots on Corbin. Like I said, he'll probably be in a tier where it ranges as high as thirty-two to thirty-five. Um, but I just had him at the lower end of it. Going to be thirty-one, kind of a one-pitch guy, ninety-mile-an-hour fastball. I do think that if he had six months, he would have worked through this a bit more and ended up with the closer to a high threes as opposed to a mid fours ERA. I'll grant you that. Um, and as a former, you know, as a big time Corbin guy, particularly coming in this year, may have been too harsh on him. So you sold me at least a little. I'm not going quite as high as you are, but I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the next two low is Griffin Canning. Is this your next uh, angel 
Angel du Jour. Uh, have you moved on from Heaney? <laughs> now you're going to Kansas. No, of course I've never moved on. I'll never move him from Heaney. I just think 66 feels a bit too low. Uh, over his last five starts, not all of them were great, by the way. Uh, he had a uh, 314 ERA, uh, over 10 strikeouts per nine, you know, kept uh, the ball in the yard, only allowing two home runs in those 28 and uh, two-thirds innings. Uh, I just think he finally kind of hit his stride, and it's kind of hidden because the Angels weren't doing anything, uh, especially at the end of the season. Uh, I mean, in some of these matchups were, like, you know, really good matchups, you know, Playing Houston at Colorado at San Diego, uh, mm-hmm. and that at San Diego was just you know a dominating performance. So, I'm I'm really really stoked on Griffin Canning, and I feel like you need to bring him up. Yeah, I was pretty stoked on him coming into the year. Then everything started to happen with the injury. Yeah, that's and, the scary uh, part. I really peeled back, but uh, you know, so I put him here at 66. Uh, or yeah, 66. I can actually see a couple guys that. He definitely needs to be over because, you know, I like Brady Singer, but I think Canning's certainly done more. Um, Justice Sheffield had a nice year that Seattle fans should be excited about, but I think I like Canning more. Tanaka. Um, yeah, I'm I'm such a Tanaka homer, but uh, I don't think that's unfair. No, he to likes say. giving up homers, so I mean, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I can get him in the late fifties. I think I can give you I can give you six to seven spots there, but I can't. Are you going higher than that? Um, still taking Arkady and Savali, two guys I love. I know Savali closed terribly. I know it, but I just I I trust him a bit more. Uh, I still I I, I like yeah. Canning's profile a lot. I, I think I, do still I would. I think I would. Pro- I'm probably gonna have him my top fifty, but it'll be right there, kind of the bottom of the top fifty. Okay. And so he'll jump over some of these guys you have on the list, and then you know some of them will also jump up too. As I like guys a little bit more than you, uh, so but we'll have a little discrepancy there. But I think uh, I think we'll end up being closer once I kind of. I mean, full eat. disclosure, and I told you this before you started recording. Like I think you did it for a late September release list. I think you did a really good job on this. Thank like you. I, I appreciate. Uh, usually, I like to just beat you up, and part of that <laughs> is theater for the podcast. But uh, I'm actually I'm I'm real impressed by 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 this list. It's it's pretty good. Definitely, if you if you're doing early drafts or you're really starting to get rolling on your prep early like uh paul and i will like you need to go check this out over on the site too early mocks baby can't wait oh Glad yeah starting saturday nine mocks going Ooh, it's gonna be great uh and then the last one on the two low i kind of expected this one uh but i want to talk about him for sure chris paddock i got him at 38 and i made a late switch as we were going, and I actually didn't get him. I got saved a little bit, even though I made a late switch on the positive end on Chris Paddock. Kind of moved him up my rankings late in the summer draft season. Like, no, I'm kind of in on him, dude. People are people are pushing back. I think I'm in. My guess, and you can lie because I'm not even letting you gonna, I'm not even gonna let you speak first. But my guess is you're gonna say that it really kind of boils down to like three bad starts out of his twelve because he has three starts where he gave up five plus in. Uh, three, five, and three and two-thirds innings, and that's what's really kind of inflating the ERA. I just have a little bit of trepidation on him still with regards to the development of his arsenal, mm-hmm. and that's that's what has me worried. I love that he still has a great changeup. He doesn't walk, guys, but he still lacks a third pitch as well. So what, where are you at on Paddock? I've got him 38. You have him for me as a little bit too low. Yeah, it, Paddock's going to be a really polarizing one because you look at that walk rate and you uh, – and, and you just expect him to be better. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying on the Arsenal, and I, I, I do agree with you. I just, there's guys that are ahead of him that I just can't, I can't buy into uh, at the same level that I'm going to buy into on, on Paddock. Kind of going back. I mean, McCullers, obviously, Strasburg. Uh, David Price is an interesting one. Like, I don't even know where to rank David Price. Yeah, you know, and I, I just parked him there at 35. You know, he didn't miss time. with mm-hmm. It wasn't injury. He just sat out for COVID. So I'm going to give him some love, but I feel like he could be a draft day steal. I think people might kind of forget about him, to be honest. So I mean, see what happens there. Like, I know it's like my aversion to Dylan Bundy, but like the idea that Dylan Bundy is 10 spots ahead of Chris Paddock to me just makes, like, it, it makes me cringe. Like... <laughs> 
like I, like the you, when you get the willies and stuff, like oh, yeah, it's just so gross to me. Like, uh no, I just can't. I can't. I can't see that. It's it's uh, um, I, and I understand the ranking of it. Like I'm not like necessarily beating you up on it. Uh, but at the same time, like guys like Zach Plesac, Dylan Bundy. You know, obviously Clevenger, who we've already talked about, mm-hmm. like going ahead of Chris Paddock just seems so weird to me. It just and but my biggest issue now though is that we've got 199 two thirds. We'll call it 200 innings total. 374 ERA that he's uh, overperformed with a 427 FIP because the home run rate has been excessive each of the each of the two years, and so we see that walk rate is excellent, but we're we're we can kind of infer both by watching him, but even if you're just looking at a stats page that maybe he's in the zone a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's more the proverbial control versus command where he can pepper the zone with the fastball changeup, but he doesn't always exactly know where it's going and he can't quite put it exactly where he wants. And that's, that's a concern for me. And that has to move him down a little bit because home runs are the easiest way to ruin an ERA. And we just don't have that third pitch development yet. And that's yeah. that's a big issue for me as well. So that's why I put him at 38. The best wiggle I can really give probably is only like four or five spots. So I really just – I don't have a lot of confidence in surging him up over these guys yet. And a lot of it's more the guys I have ahead of him. I like a lot of these guys. And I do colors. too. And that's the hard part. But like as much as I love Frankie Montas, like I don't understand how – I, I mean, I'm a huge Frankie Montas guy. I love Frankie Montas, but what is your concern he with was him, though? he was play. brutal much of the season. Okay, and our, I mean, I, I I think I'm willing. What? Well, go ahead, finish your thought then, because maybe you're going to say what I. I'm will. I think I'm willing to give him a pass because, like, he was fantastic until that injury. Exactly, and so, then he finished fantastic in that last start. And um, it was great in the playoffs just yesterday yeah. too. So how could it not be the back? How could it be anything? And clearly he was good enough to pitch, so they let him pitch through it, but obviously it was still bothering him. It was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can get through it, but he probably should have yeah. taken a 10-day IL stint because he gave up 10 homers and six starts. But when your season's only, what, 50 days or what, or 60 exactly. days, you know. You know, six of 11 starts. Um, it was a six-start run, f- five of which were bad. There was one mixed in there where we thought he was turning the corner. And it turns out he kind of was. Uh, because of the next two after that, it was really the three. I think you could really give the back for the uh, August 18th through August 29th. Mm-hmm. Those three starts there. I think the three after that were still a little shaky, but I don't know that you can just wipe those away on the back. But those first three, um, you definitely can. And that's what I'm doing there. So I'm staying bought in. I moved him down from where I had him going into this year with Montas. I had him about 22, mm-hmm. I think. But I am still fully bought in and I'm going to pay. Yeah, no, I probably will too. I so I I really still like him and and over Paddock easily for me. Okay. All right, let's move on to targets. If they uh, targets that you would have if they cost where I rank them, uh, you got a couple guys super late. Daniel Ponce de Leon at one fifty one. Um, you feel pretty good about him getting a spot for St. Louis. I think so. I think I'm, so too. By the way, so I, I think he might need to move up. But uh, let's let's talk a bit about him. It'll be interesting to see where he. Or you know what the Cardinals do Actually, with Wayne. the Kim Wainwright Flaherty, Carmart Michaelis. Does he have a spot? I mean, is Michaelis going to be ready? Is Michaelis a free agent? Hang on, no, no, he does still have time. No, but uh, uh, I believe Wayno is. Wayno is. Wayno is. He could retire. I th- I was going to say retirement's the only thing though. Otherwise, there I can't imagine he doesn't resign with them. I think it's yeah. retirement. Or back with them. Uh, I don't think it would be go to another team. I mean, it, you know, you never know. Things happen. But if I'm betting, it's it's right off into the sunset or stay with that ball club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so flex surgery on a flexor tendon for Michaelis. It's a fair question about whether or not he'll be ready. This is not, you know, it's not a TJ. I don't know what how much time he needs. That happened on August 11th. So he's going to have a decent bit of time of recovery. But, okay, well, either way, Ponce, Ponce is only at 150. So it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, if I put if I put Quantrill at 120 as a sixth starter, I can't be saying, well, 
you know, Ponce at 150, uh, 151 actually as a six starter is, is problematic. So that's fair. I like him too. What, what do you like about him? Is it the, uh, the surge and strikeouts? Yeah, the surge and strikeouts. He's just been filthy down the stretch, uh, and really doing a better job at limiting the walks. You know, the homers are an issue, uh, and something that definitely want to kind of keep an eye on, but if he's got a rotation spot, uh, coming into the year, uh, and we'll obviously know that, you know, before most drafts happen. Like, he's a guy that I think is going to be kind of on my quote-unquote sleeper list, if there is such a thing. Uh, and I think people will, will look at the surface numbers uh, from kind of his work earlier in the season and then what he just did last night in the postseason <laughs> and be like, nah, 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 I'm no, not not, not doing this. And he'll, he'll, yeah. be, uh, he'll, he'll be like my 2021 Tyler Molly. Yeah, Ponce will be a great. Great price. That's the thing. If you if you are in, and even if he doesn't have a spot, or even Charlotte even is on board. Charlotte is like, how could you rank him one fifty one? You disgust me, Dad. So yeah, I I, I can feel that, um, and I, I could probably even move him up a, a handful of spots there, even if he is more of a sixth starter than the straight up fifth. But uh, I like Ponce. I like what he's been able to do, and uh, we'll see what he does if, if if they win the game today and and they continue in the playoffs. Uh, Luis Patino at one forty now. You know he's going to move up for me if yeah if, if he has a spot, but we just don't know right now. Dude, he's he just so filthy. Just oh, he, so he's nasty. Filthy. And here's the thing that I think, and we've talked about this on the show a billion times, but when a prospect doesn't come up and dominate, the fantasy market drops out on that him. They exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had a 519 ERA and a 185 WHIP in 17 and a third innings, which is virtually meaningless to me. If you ever watched, if you watched any of his outings, even some of the bad ones, and you can't tell his stuff, then I can't really help you. Uh, so you and I, I are totally in on the stuff. If he has a spot, which uh, Jer- Garrett Richards is a free agent, so it'll be Paddock, Davies, Lamette, and then it's kind of open from there. Morion. Uh, well, and we don't know, like, you know, and we're going to talk about Lamette here in a second, but, uh, like, we don't know, like, what Lamette's injury situation is going to be at all yeah so there could be there could be multiple spots and it could be morion patino i don't think gore would break camp so i think patino i don't know they're trusting gore to start today wait what i'm pretty sure maybe i shouldn't have announced that wait (laughs) i missed that i thought they were doing a bullpen day i think gore is starting or or at least pitching today so i mean he could start and and still be like a two three any guy but still that'd be okay wow okay well either way though even if you pencil Gore in or, or ink him in, you're still talking Paddock, Davies, Lamette, Gore. That would still be a fifth spot open between Patino and Morion to battle over. Mm-hmm. So we like Patino. I've got him all the way down at 140. And the, the, the category here is targets if they cost where I rank him. So if if he is around that area, mm-hmm. we're definitely in. Yeah. And uh, do you think he, now he's you know he's coming off a, a 17 season plus a handful of whatever he did at the uh, at the minor league camp. He had 94 innings the year before. You mentioned this earlier in the pod about being nervous about innings counts. He's, what he's can he realistically g- give next year? Oh, buck 20? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's a buck 20. And, I mean, the, the Padres are so deep in the rotation and in the bullpen where, like, he could be frustrating in some leagues where, like, you know, if you're playing in quality start leagues next year. Yep. Uh, he could be extremely frustrating. Or, or a head-to-head with starts caps, and he yeah. starts but only goes three innings mm-hmm. instead of being the secondary guy. That can be super frustrating. So we'll learn more about Patino as the offseason goes. But he could also be Jesus Lazardo, uh, you know. Yeah, and we're just kind of putting a star by him. I think that's a great name to bring up, and I'm – I just kind of want to move him higher just on this talk, but I kept him down there just because the, the status was a bit uncertain. Uh, next category was any hard fades and uh, Charlie Morton at 56, even at 56. Uh, I mean, this is kind of cheating. Like I, th- I think he retires. <laughs> oh, okay. So, That's fair. He talk- he's talked about it, right? Yeah. He's talked about it. I think this is the end of the road for me. He's just not looked right. Uh, at this all. at all this season. Uh, you know, I think people forget that, like, the reason it took him so long for his career to take off was because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, even if he is if he is playing, I doubt he even goes that late at 56. But, yeah, he'll be. That's fair. 
he'll be off my board. But I, and I had him. I've I've been a Charlie Morton backer. You guys know mm-hmm. I had him very high coming into me this too. year. But I I share a lot of your same concerns, um, not just on the potential retirement front, but just I'm, I'm trying to go uh, ahead ranking versus heart. I, I want him to be good. I want him to still be maybe 37 with a litany of injuries. Yeah. And even when he was putting up some decent numbers this year, we would have Colette in our group text saying, yeah, he still doesn't look like himself. Yeah. Though. He kind of he kind of skated with this one, this, that, and the other. So maybe they can give him a World Series on the way out. Uh, as we talked earlier, we're, we're rooting for the Rays to do well, and hopefully Morton is part of that. But uh, I, I know he got one with uh, Houston, so it wouldn't be uh, – he doesn't need a World Series or whatever, but it would be interesting if he could go out – on top like that. So yeah, I got him at 56. And then the aforementioned to Nelson Lamette. I put him at 19 and I guarantee you I'm low on him compared to the market. Oh, I, I'm sure you are. I'm just going to be lower. <laughs> so, uh, and I mean, where are you realistically going to put him? If he's healthy coming into the year, yeah, yeah. let's assume that let's assume that he even comes back for the playoffs. They win today. He comes back for the second round and he's more or less himself. There are no red flags injury-wise going into next year. Where would you put Lamette in that scenario? 22-ish? I mean, I'm probably not moving him down. Man, it's hard because this is, again, the heart versus head type thing. Yep. Um, And I think both of them, like, you know, because when you watch them pitch, you fall in love with them. Uh, Yeah, and we've been – we've talked about it a million times. We've mm -hmm. been hard – we were hard fades, and uh, we, we got it wrong. We've owned the hell out of that. Yeah. Uh, but all you have to do is watch him once to be like, I see why people gush over He's this guy. never had 115 innings in a season. Like, I, I just can't wow. take a guy in the top 20 that I That's reasonably really think fair. he should. Like, like, what are the chances he throws 150 innings next year? Like, it it can't be. Well, one, one caveat but it doesn't really kill your argument that much. You're talking about in the majors. Uh, yes. Cause he yes. does have in 2017, he had a combined 153, but even that, like that's a career high 153. Mm-hmm. And you're still talking about a top 20 guy. Pardon me. And we're so, talking pre TJ. Exactly. So I, I hear you on that. Obviously again, it might be like that, a fantastic but, 130 innings, but it's still going to be 130, you know, 140 innings max. And then there is the real distinct possibility that like you don't get anything. Yeah. That, 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 Cause I just, I gave the, the rosiest scenario. We don't know that that's even the, the truth yet. Um, and I, yeah, there's just, still it's not a top 25 guy for me with with the injury issue. There's still our concern about being a one pitch guy. Super, I'm hugely concerned about that. Like, like I, the fastball was was positive this year for the first time ever as far as pitch value. But like, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I, I'm left just saying I don't know. And I know that's worthless. But I don't know. But, like, do you want your SP2 or your SP1 being a guy that you feel that way about? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to feel really confident coming into a season that my top two starting pitchers... I mean, barring that the fact any pitcher can get hurt at any time, because it's just such an unnatural, you know, motion. uh, Like, I want to feel like my guys are locked in. Like, and I just don't feel that way with uh with Lamette and like therefore he will not be on my teams next year and if I eat that I eat that whatever you know but uh I just I I want a guy that I feel so much safer about (laughs) that's fair because again he is going to be your one or two Mm -hmm. and uh you know paying for 69 innings he's your one or two if if he stays where you have him ranked which is not going to happen that's not that's no he he is clearly going to be a top 15 pitcher if healthy, minimum, yeah. yeah. And if and if it's if it's pure health, it's a geez. He's going to be top ten for a lot of folks, yeah. in, in a lot of drafts. All right, uh, guys, you just want to discuss in general. What do you got? Well, let's talk about who, like, who the number one pitcher is because you have Degrom, and it's absolutely it should be. And I think you're right. Yeah, I do. I, I think you're absolutely correct. But you believe there will be some dissent at the top, and I tend to agree with you. I think the top three guys um, on your list are going to be 
going back and forth in the drafts, and that's Degrom, Bieber, and then Garrett Cole. Now, even seeing Garrett Cole at number three is a bit jarring. He uh, closed brilliantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not it's not even shade against him. It was really just promotion of Degrom and Bieber. But yeah, he was he was excellent. I mean, he had a little bit of a homer issue. Uh, Garrett did. But otherwise, I mean, he was he was fantastic, and he's shoving in the playoffs. And if they keep going, you know, he's going to be an instrumental part of that. So, I can certainly understand shuffling them up. But for me, it it, it is Degrom. He continues to just hold the throne. There's been nothing that has dethroned him. Yeah, I, I'm. I think, I think the biggest concern with him is that it just appears like he gets the Matt Cain treatment, where like his team doesn't want to win games that he pitches. Um, and, like, but I feel point, like that is just so fluky, right? I mean, I know, it's, but at some point for like a decade, <laughs> no, it's not been a decade, but like if it almost has. It's been seven seasons of this. Oh my god, it really has, and he doesn't have more than fifteen dubs. Yeah, and and he's been brilliant. And mm-hmm. his last three years, when he could get a third straight Cy Young, he's been at 10, 11, and then this year four. But that's relative to the twelve win season, which is still light. Yeah, he, but he's just so dominant season. everywhere else. And yeah. at some point, the Mets stop becoming the Mets. Well, they, um, they get they get the new ownership. Yeah. And everyone thinks that they're going to kind of reshuffle everything. And and maybe and go of, and get some bullpen pieces and, yeah. uh, and you know, and kind of pump up that offense a little bit. I, I think, uh, and I mean, the offense is good. So I just think, the, I think 2021, it could be a year where he wins 20 games with those numbers. And like, for me, it's DeGrom and then the field uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I, thinking, I Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say I have Cole above Bieber, but like, I, I'm not going to beat up fair. anybody for doing the opposite. I'll tell you this, or I'll ask you this. Who's your number one overall? I think it's DeGrom. Okay, that's where I, obviously you knew that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah I'm taking Trout or DeGrom. Those yeah, are my, those are my two. That being said, this is going to be a year um, in which I do not want the number one overall pick. I, I don't either, but I, if I get it, yeah, I, I'm heavily, 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 heavily considering DeGrom. Yeah, put me in the middle or the end in drafts this next year uh, because I, I just think there's so much. There's going to be so – drafts are just going to be insane. And there's already an NFBC draft going on. It's that super early one that uh, oh my god, it looks Todd Zola is a part of, and uh, Greg Blankenship from uh, my site, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, is a part of. And um, it's been really interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, give me give me slot you know twelve slot slot eleven like every time in that draft because I mean I want to say like Trey Turner went. <laughs> 10th or something uh yeah i mean it just take that yeah and these two early mocks they'll give us a a little bit more insight to what people are thinking but uh yeah i'm 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 definitely already looking at like my pitching strategy being very similar to what i did in 2020 uh which is uh likely fading pitching unless a stud falls to me in a place that i go okay i can't really pass this up Mm-hmm. No, I think I think that's fair. Like I said, um, you know, I could take Degrom one, but then I would kind of sit da- sit back a little bit and kind of see where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also wanted to discuss Eduardo Rodriguez. I got him at fifty nine. He sat out with COVID, uh, or because but he opted out because of the COVID mm-hmm. uh, situation. So it's not an an injury issue. Um, did you just want to discuss them because? Like, I just don't know how you rank him anywhere. Like, I yeah. just don't like, I mean, he could. Oh, he did have COVID too, by the way. Yeah, he, he, had he a got case. That's right. Yeah, he right. got COVID and then he had a heart condition because Correct. of the COVID. Correct. Um, yeah, so that's horrifying. And it sounds like this last week that they kind of cleared him to, like, start doing some physical activity. But, like, at one point he couldn't walk, I guess. He was so Correct. weak. He's cleared to resume walking in a yeah. couple weeks as of September 25th. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like I don't know where to rank him. And this is why I didn't want to be like, oh, you're too high on him. Because I like it's just one of those that you almost just keep off your rankings until you have more information. Right. We, we and, just and have right no now, idea what uh, what guys who got really bad cases of COVID, like what their future was going to look like in any regards. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't a price in the two early mocks that I can pay. 
No. He, I, yeah, I, I just I, 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 I want to see where he ends up. He will not, not be on one of my mocks. Uh, totally agree there. And then the last one, Matthew Boyd. And he got the coveted 69 mm-hmm. spot, which I usually put somebody of of extreme interest to me. And, you know, <laughs> he's beyond maddening this mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know, a lot of folks that had him. And I actually got priced out of him. I got kind of lucky because, you know, I'm, I'm a Boyd boy. But mm-hmm. every time I was getting ready to take him, he was snatched up. But if you did have him this year, it felt like uh, based on – Twitter conversations and what have you, it seemed like everyone was mistiming him. They would take him out because he got back-to-back god-awful starts. He'd go off, yeah. and then he'd have a big run. Okay, well, now I trust him, decimated by Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to put him back on my bench. Shuts out KC. Okay, well, I guess I'll put him back in. Crushed by Cleveland. Like, holy crap, the most maddening guy ever. So add it all up. It's a 671 ERA. Thanks to an MLB high homer, home run, uh, 15 homers. And that was my concern that did make me a little bit lower. Even though I was a Boyd boy, my ranking was a little bit lower than the consensus. But he was still falling right about to where I was ready to take him. But those home runs, they're just not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you can really be confident in him. So I put him 69. And yeah, my, little, my 69 rank is always usually a little bit of a meme. But I can't really do much better than that with him right now. Yeah, and that's how kind of how I feel. Like I just don't really know what to make of his season. Uh, and I mean, the strikeouts were down, the walks were up, the homers were up huge. Uh, and I mean, when you watch him pitch, you see the you see those moments where it's like, oh, okay, this is. And then you also see exactly why he gives up too many home runs because he can struggle locating inside the zone. So, I I you know he was another guy I think. I don't know if I was as high as you or the you know the field on him, but I, I missed out on him just because that's just what happened in drafts. It wasn't because I was avoiding him at all. Uh, I just don't know that I want to have anything to do with him uh, coming yeah. in here. And then at the same time, like in a dynasty league, I traded for him. You know, after like one of his really bad starts, you bought low, right? Yeah, yeah because yeah. I I got him for like nothing, and so uh, you know, I mean. It's a, it's a rebuilding team, you know, worst case scenario, he keeps me getting high draft picks for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. It's just, again, it's so difficult, and I'm eager to see where some of our, our fellow Boyd boys like Alex Fast and, and Nick Pollock come out on him, and, you know, I, I, I you can see the talent when you watch him. He had some good starts. He had some runs, like... To get even to a 671 area, which I know sounds crazy to say this, but to get down to a 671, because he was trending with an over 9 ERA through his first yeah. five, six starts. So he had to have some some quality outings to get down to that. But those homers, man, they just show no sign of slowing down. And as I mentioned earlier, quickest way to ruin an ERA and really send you – much to a much worse level than than your talent might otherwise dictate so i don't know that i'm going to be a boyd boy in in drafts this yeah. year i'll say that I'll, I'll continue to support him uh of course he's on my favorite team but i don't think i'm really drafting him at this point yeah i don't know how you can i mean he he's one of those guys that maybe in a 15 team league he's your last pitcher uh and you're or in a shallower format you're just kind of watching him early on in the season but the blowups are so disastrous that That's the thing. they kill you. They just, I mean, cause coming like, even if you look like, like he had that stretch. That was so good. <laughs> like, uh, he had that stretch where it was, you know, um, you know, he was just, he was dealing. And then that, yeah, that seven at Milwaukee just murdered you. Yeah. Four, four starts with a three thirty eight ERA, 29 strikeouts and 21 innings. Here we go, Boyd's back on track, and then he rips five, seven start uh, seven runs against Milwaukee, a, a Milwaukee team that was not good this year either. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's like you started to trust him, and then boom, it, even with the five and two thirds scoreless right after that against KC, if you took his last four starts together, it's a six eighty six ERA. Yeah, it was just bad. Yeah. So you know, I I think I'm out fantasy wise. And I, I mean, the strikeouts disappeared too. Like that's mm-hmm. like. You went from a guy who's like, well, you know, even if it's a bad start, I'm still getting, you know, seven, eight, nine strikeouts. And then his last four starts, two strikeouts, five strikeouts, three strikeouts, three strikeouts. And 
most of those were in, you know, five innings plus. Which is, is, is brutal. Yeah. Unfrustrating. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, the list is up. I, I appreciate any and all comments. I try to respond to the, the vast majority of them. So if you guys have anything, go ahead and send it. I probably won't do another update to that until uh, November, a little bit after the playoffs and what have you. But and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll have one up then, too. Uh, also, I will have probably the first set of ADP on the two early mocks uh, for Monday. Start, next question. Starting the right. drafts on... Uh, on Saturday, and so I assume all the leagues will get through at least one round by Monday. So we'll yeah. have like the first round of ADP uh, posted Monday. Excellent. All right, man. We'll have a great weekend. We'll talk on Tuesday. Take it easy.